0: to go let's go not ready welcome back to two homers and a realist the Sooners win beating TCU 69 to 45 in the last big 12 home game might be the last big 12 game for the Sooners ever I'm Steve Lucas Carter Jay and we have a special guest longtime listener first-time guest Matt happy to be here all right Matt well thanks for joining us are going we're gonna get your take on some things as we Roll through talking about this Sooners victory, and it was a surprising one. Not so surprising to some of us. Some of us had the Sooners uh, scoring a lot of points. We got an eye roll when we made that prediction, but they turned out to be able to do that. Underpredicted, even. Underpredicted. Wow. Uh, and I also underpredicted TCU scores as well. We'll talk about <laughs> like that. <we> all did. <laughs> yeah. I was close. Yeah, you, you well, were, yeah we were close, sir. They got yeah. that last one. Yeah, it's, yeah. So it was an exciting game. It was a game of um, surges it looked like it was going really well and then it looked like it was a little concerning and we were stalling and then all of a sudden we got some extension and then all of a sudden it almost became a ball game so um that was a obviously sort of the tale of a lot of what we've seen this season not perfect but sort of the prototypical Sooners do well at home um, I know you mentioned it to us, Jay, while we were watching the game, and another friend commented, if we played every game at home, it looks like we'd be the number one team in the country. Uh, just night and day difference between when we're on the road and when we're home. Not perfect, though, for sure. But what, what do you guys uh, – what was your take? 10-0 uh, season.
1: I don't know if we can go that far. The SMU was a struggle. The UCF was a 2.0 – point, o, uh, was, yeah, two point away UCF From, from winning there, from tying that game. Struggle. I mean, it's – We've had plenty of other struggles at home Good this point. season. but not like on that road. <clears throat> but no, not even close to the road. This was the
2: worst though. I mean, I think we all could have said the UCF game, but this was the worst defensive performance we had at home, maybe of the season though. I mean, it was really, that, that second half today was, it was a joke. I mean, I, it was, it looked Painful. like a bunch of guys, it looked look like a bunch of guys who didn't know where they were supposed to be, what they were supposed to be doing, what their assignments were. <clears throat> um, so that part's a little frustrating, especially when that's been our strength. Um, throughout the, the majority of this season. Uh, on the other side, I mean, Jeff Lebby looked like he was auditioning for a job, for <laughs> sure. I mean, I, I'd like to go back and look. I, I said it in the post-game video. I don't. I think the first two drives, we had one running play, and it was the Dylan Gabriel scramble for the touchdown. I don't think we ran the ball with a running back until the third drive of the game today. And no, that was a was,
0: penalty. So. Like, and they call, Yeah, so they called it back, yeah. Yeah,
3: so it got called back. So I think we went three whole
0: drives without the yeah. running back, so. That I mean. was confusing and um, difficult. One thing to interject with, um, speaking of callbacks, we want to make sure we don't have to call back on this. We want to thank our post-game sponsor, Tobacco Exchange, always our sponsor. We almost uh, neglected to get them in like we'd we like to. The cigar is so good. The cigar is so good. We're just, just right we're sitting here enjoying it and jumping right into this victory. So Tobacco Exchange, three great locations throughout the metro area, Edmond, Oklahoma City, and more. Go in, tell them we sent you. Now, Lucas, what are we smoking tonight?
1: Today we have a Fuente and Añejo. Um, it's one of my top ten cigars domestically. It only comes out twice a year, usually a couple weeks before Father's Day and then usually around Thanksgiving. Um, they just hold them back
0: until those times of year, and they're very bold and delicious. Very very good cigar, yeah. Appreciate tobacco exchange for sure. So, yeah, one thing that I noticed was it, it looked like when we were on a scripted drive for those first two drive, everything was working, working so well. And then we had to get off script a little bit, especially with... And we'll talk about the Gavin Freeman mistake that gave TCU an easy touchdown. And then they go down and they miss the extra point, but then they go down and get another touchdown on our defense. And so it's just a 14-13 game. It's starting to get tight, and Jeff Lebby sort of goes into the Jeff Lebby shell. It looked like once he's off that script, it, he struggles with figuring out what he needs to do and how he wants to do it. Did you guys have a different impression or more of the same? I just get frustrated in general with Lebby
3: because... I feel like the deep balls that we hit today are a low percentage play, but we happen to connect on them. And if if it weren't for those, I think the rest of the play calling was just mediocre. I just feel like we got ourselves into positions where it's great that we hit those, but I don't know where we'd be if he hadn't connected on them, or if he had underthrown them like he usually does. Or right. Didn't lead the guys today.
0: He had a couple of under throws. He had no overthrows that I noticed, but a couple on-the-money throws that I'm going to give him a lot of credit for. He had one to
1: Farouk that was about a half a yard too long. Yeah, in the, I guess that's the true. the south end zone. Yeah,
0: yeah that's true. And so, then the,
1: the, Dilla, or the, um, the, one, the interception to Brendan Thompson. He just well, kind of sailed that one that high, was and the wind, the wind caught that one for sure. I don't think the wind and caught; it. I think he it, just sent it through. That, that much. was the one. The I'd wind may and, have
2: caught it because he launched it. I mean, yeah, into the jet in the game, stream of the his deep balls were a lot flatter,
1: so. and they were going way. They were probably the best deep balls he'd thrown all season because the trajectory was way better. Right. And then on that one in particular,
0: he threw that up like a punt, practically, and yeah. and it just got caught in the wind and and was short yeah for whatever reason it was severely underthrown and obviously and that was a flip the script type of interception all of a sudden that became a ball game they intercept that ball they went down and scored a touchdown and we're it's a, two, we, it's a 14 point game it was a game, game that should have been put away well the previous
3: drive they drive down the field and score the defense is obviously on its heels and so right away you come back out and you throw a pick instead of just trying to methodically work your way down the field and give them some rest kill some clock give some rest because I've been going back and forth on, on different group texts and stuff throughout the game. And, I, you know, I think Gabriel played excellent today, honestly. He did. And But once again, I know it's hard to bash on an offensive coordinator when you put up 62 offensive points. It's really hard to explain, but it could still just be better in a different way. A we're, more, we're, absolutely. A more balanced attack. That makes sense and you know at the end of the day your defense needs to get off the field and the time of possession wasn't a huge factor but it's more of just the flow and when we do what we do um, is still confusing to me. I don't know I mean I think today
2: I think today we executed in a way that we've been wanting all year where it was we were taking advantage of TCU's weaknesses. Whatever they were kind of showing we were taking what we were getting and, and we were we were executing pretty well. So Jay, I agree. I think from an overall schematics and and how you want to scheme a game, um, there's always going to be room for improvement. But if there's a game that I don't feel like there's a lot of worthy or maybe just maybe some worthy, but a lot of just criticisms towards the offense. um, This is one that we'd have to kind of dig into the bag a little bit and really try to try to extract some, some criticisms because it was, a, I mean, scored 69 points against a, a Power 5 school, um, uh, national runner-up from last year. Not that they're the same team by any means, but anyways, Matt, what did you think? What were some of your main takeaways?
4: Um, I mean, from the beginning of the game, we were talking about not rushing the ball. What I saw was just success throwing the ball, so I didn't really feel like we needed to run the ball at that point in time. It was real early in the game. My problem is when you get further along in the game, you have yourself a nice lead. You've got to give your defense a rest. You've got to be able to chew some clock. Yep. Quit hiking the ball with 25, 25 30 seconds in the play clock yeah exactly. try to give them some rest
0: yeah. yeah that that is definitely something I want to get into later in terms of analyzing the the last really quarter of football maybe even into the third quarter but especially the last quarter the way we were not trying to run the clock it seemed like um and the, I think the game really turned I mean
1: early because the muff punt by Gavin Freeman yeah, let's Friedman, talk about that yeah. we've not been happy with all season. We we keep wondering, he's not calling fair catches when he should, and then there's some times where he does call a fair catch but looks like he's going to drop the ball or he catches it over – he turns his back to the defense and catches it over his shoulder, which is a punt returner you never want to do. No. Unless it's some booming 60-yard kick and you're on the run and there's guys 20 yards away right. from you. Then right. you can maybe chance it. But the right. rest of the time you shouldn't be doing that. And then – so that puts the the defense back on the field right away.
0: Inexplicably – reach down to touch the ball. Yeah. Well, that's, and he that's was after trying to he save calls, like,
2: that's why that's after he calls all his guys yeah. off the ball and like I like, think it bounced just right. Yeah.
1: He was trying to save like seven or eight yards of position field position maybe, but it's not worth that because nope. the football's not round. It's not a basketball, it's not a soccer ball. The thing bounces funny and it has for hundreds of years that we've been playing football. Well, a 100. Well, know. instead well, of waiting for the ball to come to
4: me, dives towards it. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. So that was that was crazy and then we you know, they scored a touchdown, missed the extra point. And then we get the ball. We go score, make it 14 to 6. Defense goes back on the field. They stop him on, they get him to third and 10. The guy, they throw the ball and we get a PI, which I think was a terrible call. Um, watching it, it looked like our defender just kind of bodied him. Um, he was, he was side, and, yeah. side, they were striding together and he just kind of stepped in front and I bodied him. I thought his
0: hands I, I wasn't so upset with the call. Yeah. But I was kind of upset with the player. Getting It was Dolby, right? Yeah. Getting into a position where he really should have been able to. I didn't he didn't have it was, to do anything. I didn't think it was worthy of a call. That's Maybe. not called next year. Which would have made them Probably yeah, not.
1: Which would have made them punt. Yeah. So So, instead, they they get to continue that drive and end up scoring another touchdown. But at that point, you've given them the seven the seven points from the from the Freeman muff, and then they go down the field and get seven more points. It could have been 14 or nothing easily right there. And then we end up scoring again. I mean, this game at halftime, what was the halftime score? 34. Five, 16. 35-16. It could have easily been 35-3. to three 41? Yeah.
2: 40. We had four, We had yeah. 40. We had 42. 42. Yeah, we 41. had 42 at half. It could have easily been 42-3. 40. 40 yeah, to three.
1: Well, they probably wouldn't have kicked a field goal at that point. they probably right. gone for it. but 42-7 right. to seven at that point. Right. Instead of, I mean, 42-16 is still a big lead. But and then yeah. the third quarter comes out, and it looks like they made a bunch of adjustments. And defensively, we didn't. And they scored 22 points in the in the third quarter. And this they're is, a
0: prolific uh, passing attack. Yeah, this so, isn't like BYU. I think we just yeah.
1: got too relaxed. In BYU, yeah. we looked bad against a really bad offense. Today, they had a more than capable offense coming in because this, the freshman they had, Hoover, has looked really good. And he's actually run the ball more in the previous games than he really didn't run today,
0: now which I was surprised down. at. But I was very impressed by his ability to stay in the pocket, being hit, and still get the pass off. Yeah ah, he got so many passes that I thought for sure there's no way he gets his pass off. And he's got good arm talent. He does. So um, you just can't do that against a team that's talented like that, especially someone with a passing threat because obviously they can score really quick uh, and in bunches, which they did, and make it a game or almost make it a game. It's kind of hard to say, was it a game, was it not? It sure felt like it was a game a couple times. We were only up by 14. We know how things go. There was a lot of clock left. And it really should have been – even at forty two to sixteen it should be put away. Yeah. You really shouldn't have to worry in the second and half. And we got the, the ball to start is. the half. Yeah. Back to the Gavin Freeman. So not to knock the kid, but all we heard in the preseason was how terrific he was, and I'm sorry it just hasn't panned out.
2: He did one thing this year, I mean, in my opinion, is the it was the punt return. I mean the the, the, very, the first. very first punt return. First time he touched the ball this season was his leaps and bounds best play of the season. Almost
0: the worst thing that could have happened. Because then it was like this is what you do, kid, and you can do it every time. So I, when you get to the end of the season, I was thinking about this in terms of Dylan Gabriel's shortcomings and some of the things we saw with Dylan Gabriel today, and, and I'm going to get back to eventually talk about the snapping the ball too early and, and put it in the same group of, of complaints. At the end of the season, you've got to blame coaching. So early on, you don't know exactly what a player's going to do, what their potential is, what their mistakes might be. By the 12th game of the season, you know who Gavin Freeman is. You know who Dylan Gabriel is. You know all these things. You as a coach have to work around it and figure out what you're going to do. I don't understand why Nunes still has him back there kicking or receiving. I don't uh, understand punts. why Nunes I mean, still has a job. The only
1: thing I can figure is, not to be, say this badly, but is he expendable? You don't put Drake Stoops back there you because don't want him hurt. you don't want him hurt. You don't put Billy Bowman, Bowman cause obviously, because of the kickoff last year yeah. situation. But uh, he is in kickoffs. Peyton, Peyton Bowen could definitely be a punt returner, but that's another guy you don't want to lose on defense. So, is right. it come to just that? I mean, Maybe. we saw, I think, early right. in the year when just they, fair catch they every put uh, LV Bunkley Shelton in. Well, that's part of the problem, too, is, yeah. is fair catching is suspect. So, yeah. uh, so I, no, no, I think no, you I mean, somebody but, else. Yeah, someone yeah. else back there and yeah. having yeah, fair I catch agree. every time. Well,
2: yeah. LV, I think LV had one, uh, only one to my memory, and he muffed it, I think. Mm. And then right. we didn't see him again. So, well, now Freeman's had four. Well, yeah, and
0: four yeah. out of and you can't really can't really call 16? that a muff punt. Four out of seventeen at the time. Decision. I think
3: there was one one or two more in
0: the game. So. Yeah. So four, call it four out of nineteen. Twenty percent muffs. That's I mean that's a hor- that's, that's about yeah. as bad as you can get. It, it's really it's really bad. It's a, it's just so critical because all you're looking there, all you're looking for there, is just really the safe thing to get your offensive ball back, especially when you're seeing offensive production. It, it would be different if you're saying we're desperate and we need something to happen. You're not desperate. You just want to have the ball back because the offense is rolling. So that that was disappointing. I'm going to blame the coaching more than anything for that. And that'll be interesting to see in the offseason what happens with Nunes. Uh, does he keep his job or does something change? We've got other potential job changes that we keep hearing rumors about with Jeff Lebby and uh, Mississippi State's been all over the news. We're here to break it that we have, no, we don't have any special news, but It'll be really interesting to see in the coming days or week plus if an announcement's made. We all suspect that they're not going to do anything until we know for sure OU's not in the championship game. Um, It'd be real surprising, but not unprecedented to have him be announced before a game like that. But if we are in the championship game, it'd be probably better for Team Distraction that that news doesn't come out until after that. Um, if, indeed, he is getting another job. That really remains to be seen. That's the rumor mill right now in the grapevine, but there's nothing definitive by any means. Um, Well, let's talk about uh, one thing to give some accolades to, which is Billy Bowman. So he had three pick sixes on the season, including one today. Tremendous effort. He uh, cuts back across the field to keep it alive. It really reminded me of another number two in the 2000 season against Nebraska, um, so uh, Derek Strait intercepts, and he did a, a, cu- a cut back across the field in that same same direction, same end zone, everything, and get to get into the end zone for a touchdown. But Billy Bowman, as far as we know, no one in OU history has had three pick sixes for touchdowns, um, and I, I don't know if anyone's officially looked back to see if that's happened. But that's pretty awesome. I'm sure Hauck
2: will re- uh, release something if mm-hmm. it's a if it's a record.
0: Even if it just ties a record, that's pretty awesome. It is a little bit of a microcosm and just emblematic of the fact that this defense is so much better than it's been in the past. The big strides they've made, it is, uh, it's wonderful to see. It's absolutely uh, great. It's one of those, on that one, was the quarterback under duress? Remind me. Yeah, he was. He was. He right? was a. He was.
2: He was like flushed out to the right yeah. and kind of forced to throw. So again,
0: uh, it goes back to what I'm going to give him credit for, which is creating a lot of touchdowns or excuse me, interceptions and fumbles by by playing real aggressively, uh, flying to the ball and being a, a true disruptor, not just things landing in your lap. Um, that that was a, and and that was a pretty big moment right there to seal the game and make sure there was no chance at some goofy little last-minute comeback. So that was that was impressive. What other things about the defense impressed you guys? Uh, I think we got a lot of pressure, still didn't get home, but he was definitely
3: under duress all day. And when you're facing a young quarterback, if you're trying to speed up his clock and his timing, um, that can't do anything but help you. So just imagine if we didn't have any pressure, they, they would have had uh. 900 yards. I have no <laughs> idea. But... Um,
0: and they didn't have that many yards actually. They only had like 400 something. We dialed name. up
1: some pretty good blitzes I feel like in this game too. I thought
0: so too. Um again a uh, 520. <clears throat> so that's a lot of yards. That is a lot of yards. They got a lot in the in the fourth quarter. I guess I looked at it when it was I think the third still some was time left. Yeah, maybe I looked at it then. The the strip sack was or the yeah, well, I guess it was a strip sack. That was pretty awesome. It didn't uh, result in a pure turnover. They they bounced right to an offensive lineman. But that was awesome to get around and and perfectly put your hand on the football as well as tackle the quarterback. That was really impressive. Uh, I thought Stutzman played pretty well. Um, Thinking about the defense, when you look at guys like Billy Bowman and Stutzman, do we look at guys that we think are coming back?
2: Well, actually, it's a good segue. I mean, there's uh, Bob Prisbillow released uh, the list of seniors who could come back. Some notable names on there. Uh, Trace Ford, uh, DG, obviously we've gone over that. Um, Jacob Lacy at D-Tackle, Key Lawrence, Marcus Major, uh, uh DeJon Terry, and uh, believe it or not, Woody Washington. So a uh, wow. few names there that I think I'd like to see move on, but Um, Some also ones that I'd Uh, I'd love to see stay. Like DeJount Terry, you come back and develop for another year on that interior line. He's been a force. Same with Lacey. And same with Lacey. So um, we'll see. I mean, I'd love to see a couple of those guys uh, go be successful, whether it's in the the NFL or or on another team. And I'd love to see a couple come back and and possibly uh, reign in the the SEC uh, with us for the first year.
0: Well, one guy who definitely won't be coming back, I guess, is Drake Stoops. So, Drake Stoops today, 12 catches, tying his, his own personal record. Um, 125 yards and a touchdown, and was touchdown that was fought for, that was awesome. That one of those catches late uh, in the third quarter there, tippy toes, and, and Ava, I think you said that that was sort of a debut for his NFL um, uh, kind of a, a Tenure, tape. Yeah, both feet. Both feet in bounds, so beautiful, tippy toes. He just is a fighter. Um, he went out at one point, It was in the, I guess it was in the fourth quarter, and it was that deep ball that, or a, a, a relatively deep catch that he fought on the sidelines for and was out about the five-yard line or so, and he immediately took his helmet off, and we said, is he tired? I said, yeah, he's tired of putting this whole team on his shoulders and <laughs> making it work, and that's an exaggeration to a bit, but he does. He just is one of those guys that, that always gives you so much more. Love to see it. Obviously, love the, the whole story with Stoops and uh, being the coach's son, but he's just a great player no matter what. I really hope that he can find s- some opportunities at the next level. I think he's the kind of guy that could be a real contributor to a team. i uh, going to miss him for sure. That was pretty cool. Don Key Award winner. Don Key Award winner along with Woody Washington and I'm blanking. Dylan Gabriel. Dylan Gabriel. How do okay. we feel
2: about yeah. the multiple players getting the most prestigious award that OU has to offer?
0: You know, I've never been a fan with one exception – when they did it in nineteen ninety nine, which was the first time it ever been done, and they awarded all the seniors because that that class had been through so much with the John Blake years and everything, and then the two thousand was sort of like I get it still because it's a holdover from that, and they had done they accomplished so much with an undefeated season, but they've done it back and forth. I think they gave all the seniors again, like in two thousand three or something, if memory serves. But I may be making that up. They've definitely given multiple players. I'm a little. I don't know. I can see it a case for a couple, but sometimes it's just like you're you're not willing to make the tough decision and just give the award to the guy you think should get the award. And at some point, you just gotta make a decision about that kind of Nick stuff. Nick
2: Saban doesn't give that award to three people, I bet. So,
0: mm. <laughs> good question. What do you guys think?
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I think it should have just been Drake by himself. Um, I mean, Dylan Gabriel. I wouldn't say saved the program, but obviously, when you're you lose. Caleb and you're scrambling to bring somebody in because you don't really have anything on the bench you know coming in and, and being the two year starter is pretty impressive um, and then Woody I mean Woody's been pretty solid since he's been here but I mean it's, it's a career award for essentially your dedication to the university
0: so yeah. it, it should have been just Drake for me. I think so too um, and we don't know the off the field stuff they're supposed to you know off the field is supposed to enter into it we we do know a little bit about Drake Stoops and know that he probably earned it as much off the field as on the field. But you don't know what a leader in the locker room these other guys are and everything they do. So give them some slack that maybe they know something we don't know. But all in all, I'd rather see a uh, a single person selected for it. And I'm not going to complain too much. But what I am going to complain about is snapping the ball too damn early. And that was just wearing me out. So, so Matt, you mentioned it. Um, tell me... When you're trying to run clock and you're trying to make the game shorter because you've got a good lead and there's 40 seconds on a clock and then 25 seconds on a clock depending on the circumstances, when do you hike the ball?
4: Five seconds, three seconds? Right. <laughs> Are you right. a mathematician? Because that
0: right. that should weigh heavily in this. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, so I think we need some of the people
1: from NASA that got the Apollo Thirteen back to <laughs> back to land on Earth. We had all those people in there figuring out the trajectories and that's right. And all that. we, we have Slide to get those rules. people. Do yeah. We need to get one of those people. Find me a their, nerd in their eighties to, yeah, to come. Come from yeah, we, we did
3: not slow it down until we got the ball back again with 6, 6.05 to go in the game. Yeah, and then we slowed down the pace as if when we had the ball with uh, eleven minutes, minutes to yeah. go in the game, that wasn't the right time <laughs> to slow down. Well, lead into that. Either you had done
0: the rough math, Lucas, and it—it it was you said—and you know, not to be precise, but at eleven minutes or so to go, yeah. You said it should have been about seven and a half, and I think you were right. Yeah,
1: it was—I uh, think it was nine. Or yeah, uh, it, yeah. It was yeah. about it was about two um, two minutes and fifteen seconds ish. Different. If they just would have snapped yeah. it, and I'm not talking about Which is three a whole series. I'm just talking like seven or eight, right? Because that is that's knocks off twenty seconds from what we were doing, and if twenty seconds. How many times makes a minute? What Three I times, noticed. that's one minute. Yeah. Three more times makes another minute. That's two minutes just doing it six different days. We even did it on the field goal. Yeah. <laughs>
3: the clock is running, and you're kicking a
1: field
0: goal, and there was like 18 <laughs> seconds left. That one I can understand more than anything because – we made that field goal, and I'm not going to – if we can make a field goal, i do but whatever it no takes. But there's no
3: reason to – the clock is just
2: ticking. It's so bad. The last thing you want is, is Schmidt sitting back there thinking about <laughs> trying to make well, a field Well, then you goal. hold
3: him on the sideline yeah. until the clock's at 20 well, and then funny,
2: send him out there. What's funny is even when we started slowing it down past that six-minute mark or whatever you mentioned, Jay, we would slow it down for a play or two, and then we'd rush up and run a play. Yeah, like, it's we had a third. Like,
1: we had a third and one with yeah, and, and they immediately ramped in line and ran, 30 ran it. Left. And it was Thirty, 30 seconds left on the clock. It was yeah. Walker yeah. trying to get a first down. So I, I was, you're, not, you're not fooling anybody. Like they know you're running. They know you're running it. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to catch them off guard because literally they've watched your your tape all year and they know how stupid you are with the clock <laughs> and that you're just going to run up there and snap the ball every damn chance you get. Well,
2: and you are going to run because you're definitely going to run. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Something else, uh, Christian and I noticed as we were watching too, and I don't know how many times it happened. We noticed it happened at least twice. Um, and this is more of a tangent here, but uh, whoever the clock operator is, w- is incapable of doing a good job. TCU runs the ball. It's like a second down, does not get a first down, does not go out of bounds. It's not under two minutes. It's just in the normal run of game. And they clock the clock stops. The clock stopped for a good like 14 seconds. We were sitting there watching it. So again, a knock on the conference, a knock on whatever this this is that they're well, to the you runs the clock so, okay, that, so, so that's bad that, that's I mean, really bad i don't no, know it was
0: it like was that. amazing with in that period greater than 6 minutes to go we were literally snapping the ball with more time on the clock than tcu was and i mean to the tune of 10 to 15 seconds per per snap. And they're trying to catch up. And they're trying to catch up. <laughs> they're not trying to run clock. Lebby and they're doing to make, a better Lebby job.
2: wanted to make sure that Zach Selman had every opportunity to see every single play
1: that he could possibly <laughs> run. I had a guy
0: tell me. We even he, ran a jet sweep. He wonders <laughs> if the did.
1: offense wouldn't work properly if we weren't in a hurry up. And I said, well, here's what you do. You huddle. Yeah, we've talked then, about that. And then when there's 15 seconds yeah. left on the clock, you pretend like it's a full 40-second yeah. play clock. And then you break huddle and run up there and snap the ball as fast as you, you know, can. You I brought that up it, it like any on sense. game
0: three, I yeah. think, and said – well, that, I've got the solution. I think, go back to the pod. I said, have Ethan Downs out tackling G- Dylan Gabriel and have him not let him up until there's about 10 seconds left, and then he can do it. And you know what? He'd be better in the backfield than when you have Stoops or Farouk back there. Yeah. So it worked out Or Stogner. Or Stogner. So it's just, that's a big shortcoming. And so I don't think, you're right, Connor, it's a great game. The offense was really good, and there's not a lot of points of obvious criticism, but that is one. Where we can say That's it was a game that was critical, and you, and it's been for two straight years. Yeah. They can't figure this out. It's it's really bad. and um, What about the
1: Gavin Freeman 18-yard loss or whatever that was? Eight, oh, y- my y- It was only an eight-yard loss. No, Lucas, eight-yard it loss.
0: looked like a million <laughs> yards. It was so frustrating.
1: And it made no sense so it in was, the flow of that in the so game. So what
0: happened there? They snapped it to Gabriel, who handed it off to... No, they snapped
1: it to
2: Stoops, or, okay. and then he handed and it off, off to, to Gabriel. Gabriel, who handed Gabriel it tosses off it to back to Freeman. Freeman who runs, around.
0: has to go backwards because there's two defenders right there, and he gets it's tackled for a big out. loss. Yeah. I was I joked that they were setting up the perfect deep ball, which was the next play, that they wanted to place it the way you might do for your field goal kicker. So Gabriel said, I want the ball right here when I <laughs> throw the, the deep ball. And you threw it to Brendan Thompson. Brendan Thompson was touchdown. actually a touchdown. Yeah. yeah, just just a really good throw. Um, actually, a little over underthrown, but yeah, I'm not going to complain. That was <laughs> again, a really well-thrown again,
3: ball. Again, to, to my point, That's a play that we happen to connect on that bailed us out of a stupid play before. Oh, absolutely.
0: That's a great point. Yeah. That is what.
3: That's what I don't get about Levy.
0: There's quite a bit of bailout going on there. So that, I don't know. We'll see. We're going to probably have, we're going to have a midweek pod for sure. And in it, we will be talking about, hopefully, the the Sooners playing in a Big 12 title. But yes or no, we're going to eventually be talking about what happens with Jeff Levy. If something does happen, it's going to be real interesting to see how that breaks. There's still a lot of reason to believe he's not going anywhere, so we might be stuck with this for a while. That said, you look at a couple deep balls that didn't get connected on today. I've got to imagine Jackson Arnold can throw every one of the balls that got caught today, plus several that didn't. So we may get into a situation where our offense is really productive and really good, and we're worried because we know it's not that good, but we get bailed out by a quarterback who's just playing lights out and fantastic. I don't know. Interesting to see what happens at running back. So running back was a little bit of a mystery all year. Here we are on the 12th game, and we have settled into Salchuk, which is great. We thought from the get-go that he was the number one back. Eventually, he gets to that position. Walker had some meaningful carries today, but not a whole lot. Barnes got in for one carry and then who was it that got in two carries or two carries who got in for one carry
2: the Uh, kid from uh kid from washington who transferred last year i forget how to pronounce his name yeah so we've got
0: a lot of uh kind of confusion about what's happening at running back we've got some big recruits coming in that's going to be as a preview for next year and offseason topics that's going to be a real interesting point to figure out what are we doing at running back um who's the guy and of course whoever your your coaching staff is at that point is going to matter well too. who do we think
2: transfer Matt you think any we got any transfers at that position this this offseason Barnes Barnes I, th- I think that'd be my number one as well I think Barnes is out uh, wouldn't surprise me if you see one of Hicks and/or smothers maybe test the water
3: there a little bit um, they might be one of those ones that wait till after
2: spring till camp. Yeah, it's after camp. To, to yeah. see where see they are, right. yeah. See
1: what their
0: learned number is. The do, line. do we know? Are any of these recruits uh, early signees that'll be in?
3: I think Tatum will be here early.
0: Yeah, that that'll be telling. Then that's that's a good point. What about Xavier Robinson, wait. is
1: he twenty four or is he twenty five? He's this year. That's what I thought. He's. We saw him in person. He's a monster. He is
3: a monster. He's a different kind of back that you want he's to have huge. around, even if he's just. Yeah, he's a lot bigger. He looks like a. He should a be fullback, playing fullback. Right? I mean
2: he's but he doesn't run like a He's cool. taller yeah. than yeah, he's that. Yeah.
1: He's yeah. We'll I see. like that combination. <laughs> yeah, I mean <laughs> That sounds real good. He's yeah. not Adrian Peterson, but size like body type wise, it's not crazy far off.
2: Which shout out A D at the game today. Yeah. Apparently getting called A P on the prog- on the broadcast. <laughs> well that wasn't was. by a former Sooner, was it? Uh no, I believe it actually was. Oh my so, God. Spencer Tillman. Um yeah, I think Spen- I think Spencer Tillman may be the ultimate troll. Uh, Because he says, or he's just horrible at his job. Maybe it's the latter. Um, It really
0: frustrates me. Back in the day, he was my favorite player, uh, albeit I was like eight years old. But um, it's just frustrating to see somebody who can't understand, and he had some Twitter comments today that really illustrate this. You don't have to be a fanboy to be proud of where you went to school and also to, to laud them and talk about them specifically. He is so uh obsessed or worried about journalistic integrity and, and playing the I'm independent card that he really disavows his school and his history and, and, and every every aspect of that and, and some fans were calling him out for it. It's just it's just disappointing. You don't have to be that way. And then between him and Brando that just say the stupidest things. Just stupidity.
1: And they both spent a lot of time at C B S which yeah. never covered OU games. Right. And then now they're at Fox and they do it's I mean, it's, it's I mean, almost they, like they, didn't they do their homework. Uh,
2: apparently, from what we heard, it yeah. sounds like they've never watched an OU game.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe not a football game because Brando was saying that it was really good that we threw the deep interception because it was kind of like a punt, which last time I checked, you don't punt on first down. Yeah. So, that what is he work calling? He's way. calling it the, the
1: Boomer Schooner. And and the, yeah, yeah, the Boomer Schooner. And our best wide receiver was hurt, and then. Our best that wide receiver was DJ Graham? Yeah, uh, DJ Graham. Oh yeah, yeah, DJ, <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> some real ignorance. The Nebra- he said the Nebraska <laughs> guy, DJ Graham. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, as another point of something going on, uh, kind of a, at the, uh, on the sidelines, literally, I don't know if you noticed, Lucas, from your seats. We'll talk about that in a minute. But the Sooner Schooner was unmanned for a while today. There were no ponies there, and they never made the announcement, did they? No. But in the last two games, there have been s- duplicate ponies downstairs in a stable underneath the stadium, and I believe what they're we're doing we're switching out the ponies. Because typically what they do is announce the new ponies that come in and to retire the old ones. But maybe they couldn't get the others settled down or something. Because then they eventually came back out and, and put them, harnessed them back on the schooner. And and I don't know if it was the new ones or the old ones. I couldn't tell. Um, I can't tell my ponies from that far <laughs> away. But uh, they they... At some point there was no ponies on the schooner and so we may have new ponies may not I don't know I don't know if that's gonna be part of the Jeff Levy announcement that we announced the Jeff Levy takes the two old ones to <laughs>
1: Mississippi State so was we're changing my, everything that was not on my observation
2: list for today's game <laughs> Kind of an interesting thing we're seeing some highlights right now a um, couple plays that I wanted to maybe talk about first one Just we're laughing at it right now uh, Jaden Gibson catches the deep ball <laughs> and is walking into the end zone, <laughs> waving at the crowd as he's trying to get tackled by two guys. I don't the think he saw Colter the second shirt. guy. I don't know, but the second guy, so the second guy didn't see him. The second guy kind no, of ruined his life because he, he ran right over guy. the top of him. Yeah, yeah. So, and then the the other play, uh, the the big fourth down in our own territory that we go for um, in yeah, the that third was quarter, gutsy. and it was a gutsy call and a well executed play,
0: really well executed by Gabriel, yeah, way to go, Gabriel. Great. Forty yards <laughs> on that touchdown by Stoops that they reviewed. He was face masked too. Yeah, they yep, didn't call that. Yeah. So there's Drake Stoops uh, on on the highlights. Great, just great job by him. Great to see so many things that happened today. Just, it's one of those games where you're just so close to it being such an absolute shut the door on this conference, and yet we weren't quite there. It it, uh, it shows you how far we have to come, but it shows you how far we have come in so many respects. Speaking of the future and things changing, Lucas, tell us about your seats.
1: Uh, this was the final game in my seats in section 16, row 72. It's bittersweet. No, nope, mainly just bitter. Uh, I'm going to be moving four sections over, similar seats, different vantage point. Um, Slightly. It's very sad, <laughs> very sad.
0: You actually have a better vantage point. Nope, I don't. Are you still you going to be? So? be in the nope. end zone? That's not better than where you are? Nope. Why? Why is it not better? you are looking be at the more OU side square.
1: No. I it is more square, but that's not a Oh, good you thing.
0: want you want a little bit of an angle? Does I don't help? want
1: to be in the corner.
0: You're not in the corner? Do what? Aren't you moving closer to the center of yeah. the end zone?
1: I'm
0: I'm essentially going
1: to have the same viewpoint within he's 10 down feet. The, he's down the other side line. I'm just down the other side Oh, line. Okay. okay.
0: But you're not because right now I'm currently down you the just OU switch side line, right. I'm going to be going you're, down you're the that visitor side Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's beautiful. Wow. All right.
1: It gives me just the right angle to where I can see the, f- the first downs from my angle. If I was directly in the end zone, like dead center, you wouldn't be able to make out you know, where the chains are in, in relation to the football. Okay. But where I'm at, it's, it's geometry, man. Is
2: it? I do want to just note that Lucas is smoking a cigar. It's not something else. He's actually <laughs> speaking relatively soberly. Um, Totally sober. So yeah, I'm glad you can get that real great depth perception with the you know 20 feet. Can you see the other
0: like? There's a big. I don't know if you can see it from your seats because it's the curvature of the earth. But there's a big screen, a TV screen that Mm. you can see. They do replays on. Yeah.
1: No, my vision's so good I don't ever look at the screen because I can see everything Uh going on in the field.
0: Do you know there's two end zones? Yep. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm, I'm. I feel for you guys. You and your family. You've been there a long time. 24 years. Yep. We walked out in with some section. people after we did our video over in your section that had been there 30. I know there's numerous people. I know some people that have been there since the Gibbs years, and some people since the Switzer years. And it, it's sad to see. You know what we said to, to them though?
2: There's a reason that they don't give away seats in 107 to, to away <laughs> fans. Hmm. So. Um, <laughs> yeah. because <laughs> Nobody wishes I'm just, that upon their kidding, worst I've, enemies. I'm just kidding. No, I, it is. <laughs> I'm. I'm sad your dad had to miss today. Uh, yep. Shout out to, shout to Mike out to my and Dad. Yeah. Um, Hope he's feeling better, but uh, hopefully Steve brought it up after. Maybe uh, maybe the new seats bring um, good luck, some some good luck and some some wins. Some yeah. yeah, maybe national title or two so or nine some new titles.
0: Well, oh, we some, got one, one in that or section another. So yeah, one in the section, but not in the seats. So let's. So Matt,
2: Matt, what more. do you prefer? You prefer the? Where's your preferred seat? If you had to say, uh,
4: well, when I was uh, in the band and marching in the pride, that was my preferred seat. Um, but. What'd you now, play Trumpet. Trumpet. Yeah.
0: You, you seem like a tuba guy, but okay. How do you feel uh, about no. the state <laughs> yeah. of? the pride? <laughs> How do you feel about
2: the state of the pride now?
4: Uh, I think they're 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 doing all right right now. Yeah. They they had a few rough years yeah. about I don't know. What's I enjoyed the years I years
2: enjoyed the SpongeBob SquarePants uh,
4: performance at half today. I'm not a, a big fan of SpongeBob. <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. No, I don't have season tickets, so any any seat inside the stadium is good for the me. Right seat
2: now. where you're watching the game. Yeah. Can, can you still play Boomer that. Sooner by memory? Yes.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah.
4: I actually marched
1: uh, Bula, Bula. in the alumni band. Oh, last, did you
0: last season? Oh, that's
2: nice. Last sweet. Season. Well, man, we may need to get yeah. some uh, get you and some other connections from the past. Absolutely. On. Oh, would be fun. Get some
0: pride members on here. Yep. That'd be very cool. We'll do an, ode be to, an ode to the pride. Thank the you for season. your service. Yeah, It's yeah, pretty
2: cool. I appreciate
1: yeah, That's awesome. It was fun. That might be a, a cool intro to one of our videos. Oh, we yes. We just have him playing Boomer Sooner in the background, oh, you and then still we got start the a video. Let's do it. Let's bring <laughs> it. Right.
0: I, I like it. Can you I don't think harmonica? Matt wants to look like that big of a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> well, <coughs> um, it, is, it is bittersweet for sure. We'll see. It's kind of new things ahead. So let me ask you about new things ahead. So we had some complaints about um, the stadium and the experience this year. Uh, we had complaints about tailgating. It, it looks like they're working on it. What do you guys think? Are we going to – here we close the chapter on OU home games in the Big 12 and about to open the the, the chapters on uh, SEC home games. Do we think things are going to improve? You had a bad concession experience today, Jay. I don't want you have to recall it. I don't want flashbacks, but I know that you uh, waited a long time to get your concessions. Yeah, I went, <clears throat> I went down with 10 minutes to go at the halftime,
3: and I got back to my seat – with 3.54 left to go in the third quarter. And you just
0: went down that ramp, which is just 20 feet away. 20 feet away. Yeah.
1: Why didn't you go down when there was 20 minutes left to halftime when halftime starts?
0: You're blaming the victim. Because no, but you, you, everybody you was going there. 10 minutes going not there. getting in line to so start. So I was like,
3: okay, I'll wait 10, 15 minutes. And then the kids are starving to death. And it's like, okay, I'll just go now. Because I think I'll get back. I knew I was going to miss five minutes to in the third off. quarter. Yeah. Because you just can't do anything in that stadium in 10 minutes or less?
0: I don't know. Wait a second. Elise, I went down and got you and Max um, some ice cream of the future, and I didn't travel in time. <laughs> How long did it take me? Like two minutes. Like two minutes? I, went, I had to go all the way down to the very bottom and all the way up. So I, I, maybe you are doing it wrong. I'm with Lucas. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Yeah. You know, you're definitely doing it wrong because now you can sit in your seat and get your phone out. And place an order, and they will bring oh, it to you. Oh, whoa, wow! It's like an Uber Eats in the stadium. Well, I think that not was all like, of us make Uber I think Eats that type was money. A special circumstance of people losing their seats and
2: saying, "Hey, <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we he will wins. deliver for this one game." So no, I, I think <clears throat>
3: I think on a on a more serious note, I don't know that they'll make changes or improve anything until there's just massive backlash from all the. SEC road teams next year. I think you're they're probably famous.
0: right. I think it's two I think it's a combination of two things. I've always had a conspiracy theory about it a little bit. I think that they are waiting to make it good when they can make it perfect. And they're not gonna make it good because they're afraid we'll get self will get satisfied with just better and they want it to be the dream stadium that they want to build. And so I think they're waiting to have us do the next phases of everything they want to accomplish. And that really frustrates me that they could make marginal improvements and still get the better stadium they want down the road with the really big renovations. But I don't think they're going to do those until they have the funding and everything in place. And so it's nothing or everything in their point of view. And I think you're right. I think it's going to take a lot of backlash and a lot of negative reviews and and other things that that, uh, come from opposing fans that travel as well as just fans that, that start to demand more. Um, and maybe get eventually listened to. But I'm with you, Jay. I, I'm, I'm kind of cynical. I don't think they're going to make big improvements anytime soon. I don't
2: either. I mean, there, there seems no intention to do so. Um, I think that the, what do they call them, the, the water monsters? Is that yeah. what they call them? Yeah. Uh, the yeah. yeah. I, I think but that's probably about tubs. as good as it's going to
0: get for a while. And that's like bare minimum yeah. what you have to do for like, you know, a and not only that, or not something. Not only
2: that, the water monsters run out of water. We don't <laughs> refill them after they're after they're gone. So... Um, we'll see. I hope it's not a big point of contention with some of these SEC um, teams coming in. But from what we've heard, from what we've seen at other lesser stadiums than ours, um, we will be a step down from, from a lot of these teams that are going to be coming to Norman next year.
4: What <laughs> is lacking compared to other stadiums that have a better fan experience?
0: Wow. So how long you got? Um, I, I, I would got a, say in generalities.
1: In. I've, we've hosted, in the last 15 years, Tennessee, uh, Florida State, Miami. Ohio State, Ohio Notre State, Dame. Ohio State, Notre Dame. You know, go a bit further back, you've got Alabama. i never heard any, any fans complain, visiting fans, complain about their game day experience at OU. So, personally, we all have our set schedule of what we do when we leave, when we go to the stadium. You know, I used to go to Campus Corner before I started coming over here. Um, before that, I'd I'd go to the south, you know, Lindsay Street, all that kind of stuff. Um, when O'Connell's was open back in the day, and everybody partied over there before they went to the to the games. And I've other than a couple situations like Jay was talking about, getting concessions and the bathroom still having troughs is ridiculous at this in this day and age. Um, but the water is eh, you know, they tried this year with the, bringing those big water monster tubs out, but. I don't think it's that bad. And, yes, they, there are some improvements to be made, but I don't feel like we're seriously lacking behind the places we've been. Ohio State, Tennessee, UCLA, um, you know, it, it's not that different in the places that I've been.
0: I'll say that I think it is. Here's, here's the, <clears throat> I'm not an apologist for it like Lucas is. You're right. We probably do get a little too critical, but here's the things that I would say, and I'm going to talk as quickly as I can through the entire experience. When we try to get into the stadium – It is like you're trying to board a flight in the most hostile airport in the world. And I'm sorry, that's just not the experience. That's not the situation. It is not the terrorist target that everyone wants it to be. Um, Tell that's the guy that blew himself up before K-State. Right, and I think that for some reason that's the thing they keep coming back to. I don't know what it is, but we go to a lot of different stadiums, and nobody has the same security theater going on or the limited number of gates open to accommodate. So true. if anything, expand your perimeter, open more gates, and get the get the fans through. Once you're in, our choices of what to eat and drink are very limited and very different by area. So in areas that they've renovated recently, like the south end zone and before that the um, east uh, sideline, are much, much better than other areas of the stadium, the older areas of the stadium. They need to improve that drastically. When we're in the Upper West End, uh, Upper West, uh, the West Side Upper Deck, that still has the same limited number of concession stands that they've always had. They have a volunteer crew, which I'm sorry, nothing against volunteers, but it shouldn't be a volunteer experience. I feel like that should be a professionally thing, run thing through the university or vetted through the university, and that should be done much more efficiently. They're not than just it volunteers;
2: is. they're children. A yeah, lot they're of the they're young kids. I mean, yeah. they're
0: kids. There, there's no. Rhymeries into the lines, there's no understanding of how to move people through. They just don't have a lot of experience with it. The bathroom situation is very difficult. It's not troughs up where I am, but it is. the logistics of it are, are messed up. It's not well placed, not well, not well organized. Um, the, the fact that they run out of things in key times, like this is the first time they haven't run out, well I don't know, maybe they did, but they almost always run out of hot chocolate in the cold games and run out of water in the hot games. That's an un- that's excuse. And you have to make your own hot chocolate. And you have to make your own hot chocolate, which makes no yeah, sense. Yeah, we
2: went to one today at halftime. I was at one concession, and luckily I wasn't trying to get food. They were completely cleared out of every single food item they had. Popcorn, hot dogs, pretzels, everything, you, everything that they were advertising they sold,
1: they did not have. All they had was fountain drinks and hot chocolate. And you can maybe say, well, it's the last game of the year. Maybe they didn't want to overorder, but there's basketball. All yeah. the stuff that they sell, <laughs> everything you can yeah, sell again. You can move the popcorn oh. and the and the hot dogs in the freezer. Any, you can move that stuff to the basketball.
0: I'm not giving them any grace on that. For the prices they charge, and I don't, I don't begrudge them for charging high prices. But the point of high prices is then it's available. You can't have it both ways. If it's going to be high prices, it needs to be available. And and they're in this world of high prices and no availability. That's really frustrating. Um, I have a thought about the entry
1: that, that uh-huh. something we really haven't thought about when we go to other stadiums. And that is our south end zone is completely blocked off. The practice fields are over there. Right. So you have no entries in the direct south. Now, there are plenty of other gates that they could be manning in the north and on the, well, Well, all the the underneath Mm -hmm. ones on the west are, are essentially open. Yeah. But the east side and the north side for sure have gates that could be opened and put metal detectors and staff there. But you do lose the entire south end zone compared to some other schools that we've gone to. Or you could you could get in. Then you all work around, around that. You figure out a way I, around. I agree.
0: It. Yeah.
2: There's at least four gates on that north side that stay closed at all times. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's one, it's, two in each corner.
0: It's these things among so many that are just there, and I understand you have more people in your stadium than the other Big Twelve stadiums, but that's a great problem to have. You work your way around it, and I think you start to make a, a, you just do a better job. Uh, I've we've seen it, we've seen it a number of venues that are football related and then other venues if we're going to a Taylor Swift concert if we're going to other concert venues and other things we're going to uh, other arenas they don't have the logistical issues that we have at OU getting into the stadium and they don't have the logistical issues when it comes to the concession stand and everything else so I think all of those things could be improved I know they want to do major renovations to really the entire north end zone as well as the press box upper deck all that yes great let's get there but in the meantime, let's try to figure out one, one or more things to do. One thing they could do is just bring back the guy. I know we have delivery if you want to scan your, your QR code. But bring back the guys walking up and down the stands who are selling drinks and hot dogs or whatever. That would alleviate a lot of that. And so what we have is everyone queuing up in these limited concession stand areas. And that prevents uh, a good flow. And you have Jay waiting for, you know, Three and a half hours, or whatever it was, to get his uh, hot dogs for his for the kids, and missing the game. That's that's what's inexcusable. So I think all those things could be improved, um, and it it just I don't know. It's going to mean more when you're in the SEC. So you need to have you need to up your game. We want to have excellence everywhere. We want to have excellence in the stadium. We want to have it be an inviting place where season ticket holders are rewarded for being season ticket holders, that people that go to the games, and it's a very difficult thing to go to the games, it's a very expensive thing to go to the games, that they find it worth it. Otherwise, you run the risk of, it's really comfortable to stay at home, watch it on the big screen, and enjoy everything games, from yeah. the comfort of your home.
2: And maybe that's a better way to put it is, I'm not, I don't necessarily think that, you know, Lucas, to your exact point, we've had big teams come in and, and out, and we'd never heard a, a true complaint. I want teams to come in and leave and be wowed at the stadium that we have. not just be adequate, but
0: be great. Yeah,
2: and us to be proud to say, like, hey, we do have one of those top facilities and and top destination stadiums to go to and uh, to add to the game day experience that everyone enjoys. So, um, because, Matt, to your point, I mean, I I think if you're a casual fan who's going to games and, um, you know, you just want to get out on a Saturday, you want to visit for the weekend and go to a game – you're probably not leaving being like, well, I'm never doing this again because of all the things that we're rattling off barring. I don't know if, if I was someone who just comes to games once in a while and had an experience like Jay had, that would be a massive turnoff for me going forward. But um, I think it's just more of the fact that I want people to be um, myself. I want to be proud of the stadium that we're putting out there. Not that I'm not proud of it, but of all the amenities and everything that we have to offer. And I want people who are visiting or, or those fans that can only come once in a while to be excited because of how great their, their experience is going to be.
0: Yeah I agree and there's a lot of different ways to go with the economics of how you want to do concessions but it's not impossible to do it in a way that is the opposite of what we do in terms of high prices and low availability. If you look at what the Atlanta Falcons do they have cheap prices and great availability. Mm-hmm. It's Literally free refills with your soft drinks. You just walk up and get free refills. They and figured not only, out and
2: that your soft drink isn't nine dollars. Yeah, yeah, it's a five, four or five dollars soft drink. And you just and refill it as
0: many times as you yep, want. Hot dogs. They are figured two out that that's it's not an area they're going to gouge and try to get the profit. They're just going to make that an added part of the experience. And I think if you do that, you can really enhance the entire experience for fans and make it. And I think that's going forward. It's going to be something we're going to have to do. Yeah, it was, because it was
3: not only did I miss. Almost the entire third quarter, but <laughs> it was 40-something dollars for two nachos, a
0: pretzel, and three waters. That's pretty basic concessions, too. That wasn't like yeah. high-end nachos with all with kinds meat of… meat and all the fixings <laughs> and yeah, stuff. No, it it's was like cheap. It was cheap. chips it and… Chips and Cho, baby. <laughs> yeah. you know,
3: tube cheese, you know. <laughs> the best.
0: <laughs> well, we just want it to be good, great. We want excellence in everything that we do. We have high standards and, and we have high hopes, I think, for the team. So we're watching the beginning of the uh, Texas Texas Tech game. There's a chance that we make it to the Big 12 title. I think everyone here would love and, and hope that we can get to the, the Big 12 title. Um, what do you give a chances that we're going to see the teams lose that need to lose to get us there? What do you guys, are you, you feeling at all confident? Are you feeling like it's just no chance at
2: 20, all? 20% and that's just because crazy things happen in college football. But I, I've i kind of written it off at this point. I'll be super amped, obviously. I want to be there, but if I had to put a percentage on it, no higher than 20% that we actually get there.
0: I think it's a little higher than that, but not much. We have three games. Any two of them get us there, and and a single gets us there if BYU can win. Um, I'd, I'm still probably less than a 33% chance, one and third chance that we get there. You guys feel about the same, worse, better? Uh, I'd say 5%. It's no, really it's way more than five percent. Five or ten? Yeah, yeah. I been ten. We can do better than that. Right, you <laughs> can do the math on these teams. It's better than that, man. I don't know. I hope. I you don't think wrong. Tech. I don't well, think
1: Tech can win tonight. Well, when we just needed Texas to lose to um, Kansas State. can No, last week. Iowa State. Oh, I was. Oh, yeah. We just lost needed to Kansas State. Iowa State to beat Texas. That one felt like we had a lot better chance. But now that Texas has to lose to Tech, and we have to have. The winner of the – we have to have Iowa, Iowa State, State beat, beat Kansas, Kansas State. 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 Or or just OSU lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean That's your best shot is just the one team losing. Yeah. But having the other two really hurts the chances.
0: Yeah, they're narrow chances, but it, I think it's a little better than that. But regardless, I don't think anyone's going to disagree that we're on the outside looking in. Uh, and we
1: have nobody to blame but ourselves.
0: Nobody to blame but referees. ourselves. So we're going to land in whatever bowl game we land in. We're going to have – obviously a big name to bring to a bowl game so we're probably going to get a a good shot at a good bowl game regardless we're 10 and 2 we're a top 15 team for sure we may be depending on the type of upsets we see we might be a top 10 team when after it's all said and done even if we don't play in the championship Um, what do you guys think here at the end of the season now we made predictions throughout the season at the beginning of the season 10 and 2 is where we settled and that sort of was the median of our guesses and expectations as they started and as they evolved. Ten and two. All things considered, is this regular season wise a success, a failure, uh, a mixture? What do you guys think? I don't think it was a
1: success. I had us at nine and three, even though I knew the schedule was really bad, and that most years I would have been disappointed with anything less than eleven and one. With other than the Texas game going into this year, looking at the names of the teams, but knowing how we played the season before and how much improvement we definitely had to make, especially on defense. Um, I said 9-3 and three would be satisfactory, and 10-2 and two would be really good, and that's where we got to. So You didn't even, expect these 10-2. Even two. though it sucks that we did beat Texas and we were on pace to where we could have gone a lot further, but um, losing, the I mean, we lost by – by five at Kansas and three at, at OSU, both of those losses could have been avoided. All we need is one first down to beat Kansas, or you stop them on one fourth down, and you win that game. And then you get one correct officiating call in the end zone against Drake, and we get first and goal from the two to pretty much win that game. Um, and you you fail on that as well. Um, but ten and two is that's that's a big stride in one season for this defense. I mean. I don't I don't see how anybody could look at this year's defense and say, Man, they weren't they didn't do a great job. Even though the last couple of games we, we weren't happy with how we played over the course of the season, this this has made a huge jump.
0: Matt, what do you think? Success, failure, mix?
1: Uh, I think
4: it's a success. When you're coming from the record that we had last season, six and seven, right? To yep. ten and two, that's chance to be eleven and two. Um, maybe even so six and six I mean, regular season, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think there's any any other way to describe it other than success. Jay, yeah, I Connor. think
3: obviously after the the Texas game, you sort of adjust your expectations on the season. So it's a little bit of a disappointment after that, but overall, in general, yeah, it's, of course, it's a success. There's a lot of coaches that don't ever get to ten wins in a season, and we're watching one right now that everyone thinks is this great up and coming coach for Texas and it took him 10 seasons as a head coach for him to get to his 10th win so
0: Connor
2: yeah agree I mean success for sure with the obvious disappointment I mean you guys all hit the nail on the head after Texas expectations change um, especially being undefeated after that game and uh, the games we lost are very disappointing and it, it is disappointing to be on the outside looking in uh and trying to backdoor your way into a into a conference championship game um so it's disappointment rooted in the fact that I know that this team is better the team is better than the 10-2 and two record that we have um and you know a few things fall here and, and there we, we're 12-0 and 0 and we're not just looking at going to Arlington next weekend we're looking at we went in Arlington, we're, we're making our, our a trip to the, the college football playoffs. So, um, and I think those expectations after the, the Texas game that we set, um, when all of us said that there's no reason we shouldn't go 12-0, there's no reason that this team should not be 12-0 right now um, with the games we lost. Um, so a successful season with, in, in my opinion, it's not even mild, it's it's a heavy amount of disappointment with with where we're at right now, because I know for a fact that this team should be a sure in for the uh, for the title game next week
0: I totally agree I think all of you guys just nail it it's a huge success and here's how big of a success it, it is we're 10-2 which is a great turnaround like you point out Matt from where we were last year to where we are today we beat the toughest opponent on our schedule Texas in the biggest game on our schedule obviously the big rival everything that, that goes with that and What we're talking about is disappointment that we didn't achieve what we now realize we could achieve because of how good we actually are. And it was all by our own doing. It wasn't like we needed things to fall our way. We didn't need a couple lucky breaks. We didn't need a bounce of the football. We just needed to play the game we're capable of playing and we could get there. And So in the same respect that we have huge disappointment because we know we could be better, that's how good we are and how big of a success it is and how big of a turnaround it's been to be in a position where 10-2, and 2, we're even having like a discussion that it's a dis- disappointment. Normally, you'd be saying, this is, wow, put a banner up. This is amazing. But it's not for OU football. And now we're back to OU football where 10-2 is just not good enough. And we know that we're good enough and we could have achieved even more. So I think it's a huge success. Um, getting back to where we are, it is a we've made a, a leap to a new plateau and we hope to make another leap to a higher one. But I'm... I think the way we have to step back from it and say, all in all, it is a big big success even though, gosh, we had it right in front of us. We could have done so much more. We could be going to Arlington, looking for our 15th title, and it may still happen. Uh, That's another, I guess, aspect of how it's a success, that we're still in the hunt where a lot of teams are completely out of it. So I'm excited about it. Um, uh, it's, It's one of those things where you're just disappointed and it's bittersweet, but hell, we need to celebrate ten and two, just like in 1999 we needed to celebrate seven and five. That was a big deal. We're going to a, a bowl game. We'll be going to a good bowl game. Maybe a New Year's six game. So a lot to build on. You got teams like TCU today; they're not going to a bowl game unless they get some special waiver because there's not enough eligible teams. I don't know the status. They're not going to a bowl game. They're they're fighting for one. BYU's going to try to fight for one against Oklahoma State. They played the State. national championship last year. They played the national championship yeah. last How disappointing year. How disappointed do you think those fans are? They should be really. They, they got Sonny playing.
1: Dykes comes in, takes them to the <laughs> national championship game. They got to feel like their program is rolling. Like this is what we needed. We, you know, Gary Patterson was good. We, we, we get rid of him out the door, and now and Sonny Dice comes in. We're, we're
0: rolling, and then, yep. bam, 5-7. and seven. Yeah, and that shows you the different trajectory we're on. I think we're on a great trajectory. I'm very very positive on it. Well, anything more about this game today that we need to talk about that we haven't? I think we've covered a lot of bases. Um, we're going to be back in the midweek to talk about either the Sooners, hopefully, maybe, playing in the Big 12 title. If not, we'll be talking about where we're headed next and, and what the future holds. I think that the future is bright and we're going to have a, a lot to talk about in the coming weeks. We're going to be talking about the bowl games and the national championship and all that. And I, I will just predict a little bit of disappointment saying, wow, we're better in that team, we're better in that team, we could have been better in that team. We're gonna be, if we're not in the Big 12 title, we're going to be watching a couple teams, that we, one of them that we beat and the other that we d- damn sure know we could have beaten. Um, and so that's all a good thing in the long run. It's just bitter and tough in the, in the short run. Well, until then, boomer soon.